Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Ellie Clark. I am the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC as well as produce the HRO Today Forum and educational events held around the world for the managers of the HRO Today Association. Today, we're going to be talking about RPO implementation and governance. We have a great guest with us. Sarah Keedy is a 10-year veteran of Resource Solutions, and she is their SVP for operations in North America. And Sarah has also managed for some of the largest investment banks and consulting firms in the world, their RPO relationship with Resource Solutions. So she is a true industry veteran, has great perspective on it. Resource Solutions is a global RPO and MSP consulting and data and analytics provider. So really multi-service workforce services company, one of the perennially top ranked firms on the HRA Today Baker's Dozen. So Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. That was what a lovely introduction. Well, I'm glad you appreciate it. Is there anything you, you want to add about RS? No, I think you did a great intro to that. I think, you know, I will just say that although I am based here in North America, I am originally from the UK in case that throws anyone off. I did three years in the UK with Resource Solutions and then transferred over to the United States in 2016. So I've actually been with Resource Solutions longer in the US than I have in the UK. Accent's still growing strong. Well, your lovely British accent has not vanished in that time. So I, no one would have mistaken you as being a native of Brooklyn if that was your <laughs> No, I don't think I've ever been accused uh, of that. So let's talk a little bit about RPOs. One of the most pervasive narratives in HR services and technology in the industry as a general is that utilizing a partner for talent acquisitions fraught with peril, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and let's unpack this for just a moment. You know, first, people talk about the hardest things you can do in life, climb Mount Everest without oxygen or implement RPO, okay? Those wow. are the hardest things you can do. In life, right? <laughs> and then the second part is, if you do implement RPO, you're probably going to wind up with a disaster. Or if you climb Mount Everest without oxygen, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be buried in ice flow, right? So the whole idea is that it's really hard to implement and it's prone to failure. Neither one of those are true. So let me unpack this for just a moment. All right. The first part is the data doesn't support that RPOs often fail. Okay. In fact, it's quite the opposite. There's a high percentage of success. But for those anecdotal cases where there's a failure, Mm. there were usually issues with the partner selected and how the partnership functioned. But that's in the governance phase. So let's talk about implementation. All right. A lot of this depends on the deal and the deal structure. Mm-hmm. And also what's in scope and out of scope, et cetera. Let me ask you this. We hear it's hard. We know that's not the case. As someone who's an expert in the, the operation side, you've been you know, doing it for more than a decade. What can you tell us about the pre-engagement work mm-hmm. and the deal size and design that can make an RPO partnership actually more comfortable and easier to initiate? Great question. I would like to just start off by saying every organization is very different. And I think you really, as an individual, as yourself and your TA team and your team that are looking to spearhead this change in your business, what is feasible for you as an organization? Do you want to dream big like the Googles and, you know, go big bang, which generally, 
you know, I get asked all the time, should we just do it all in one hit? Or do we do a more phased approach? And I think it's about knowing as a business your limits, knowing what is a priority to you and also the individuals that you have available to you on the client side of how you can support the RPO going through the phases because it does take a partnership even at that very early stages of building and designing and implementing. I would say be very honest with yourself about what is realistic and what are your hard passes versus things that actually we can learn to live with. I do want to talk a bit about Big Bang, because I know earlier in the offline conversation, we were saying, you know, companies like to say, right, I'm going to do the whole of North America in one hit. I would highly urge individuals to think twice about that, just because it takes an awful lot of manpower and also just time in the day. And when it comes to building out an RPO within an existing business that's not necessarily familiar, it needs a certain level of and attention that is just takes more time. So be clear on what is realistic within your own business and talk about it throughout the sales process. At the end of the day, you're buying a service that is there to enhance and take your business to the next level when it comes to identifying talent on the external market. Have a very pragmatic conversation. And I really like to be um, myself, even though that I technically sit within the ops space, I want to be involved in those sales discussions to make sure we're all clear on what everyone is looking to achieve and how we're going to get there. So in a sense, you're saying the road to hell is paved with optimism in that (laughs) a lot of times companies and their partners may not actually think about what's feasible and phasing implementation Mm -hmm. as opposed to trying to do some kind of a a big splash. And that was very popular 10, 12 years ago to do this Mm -hmm. kind of big bang implementations. So when you guys have a major global implementation, how would you structure it? Sure. So I think the first piece is identifying our stakeholders, both internally within resource solution, but also who our client stakeholders are, and really going through and combing through what has been discussed as part of that sales proposition. So if we know we've got a technology component that requires an integration, we need someone from IT on both sides. We need people to be able to talk the same language to bring things through to fruition and really mapping who those individuals are when they're available, (laughs) because, um, you know, people aren't just sat there waiting for organizations to launch new services, and really talk about the time of what items the client is looking to achieve in the 30, 60, 90 days. And for me, there are two types of implementation. There are those that go on under the radar that no one knows about, and the business is business as usual, tick along, you know, we don't need to do big cons, it's not like a big discussion point, you know, the hiring community don't necessarily need to be aware, we just want it under the radar, get it in, get it done, set into BAU, or... They want to go the complete opposite direction where they're making a huge show and tell about this is what we're doing to invest as part of our organization. We're bringing in SMEs. They do a lot of road shows. And so taking that time to work with the business on what approach they would like to do makes expectations abundantly clear. Because if you've been asked as an RPO provider to do road shows to business communities, et cetera, through an implementation you're thinking, no, I just need to get in and start delivering. Whereas that might not actually be the client's driver. And so really assessing that and having that two-way dialogue is very important. So as you look at you know the implementation, right? So let's say we do all those things and get it right. 
you sat down with the stakeholders, you thought through what's the appropriate level of implementation in phases that we can do, regardless of how large or small the deal may be, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, that's important to sort of, you know, it's the old question, Sarah, about how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> and the answer is one bite at a time. Mm-hmm. We know that it's not as hard as climbing Mount Everest to implement an RPO. And we also know the success rate. I mean, Trade Today has the data. We have it all. It's in the mid to high 90% rate. Mm-hmm. But the few, the loud, and the messed up get a lot of viral impact in the mm-hmm. intermediate. So what can companies do, you know, during the early stages, sort of post-implementation, to get the partnership to function properly and have strong governance? So once you've gotten that implementation process, let's talk about the next steps in governance to make sure that you have a healthy partnership. What should the RPO partner be advising the client during that early governance phase? There's two implementations to mind when I think of the word governance and go live so close to one another. And this is where we're implementing whilst we have live requisitions taking place. Like there's a service that's ultimately being paid for as soon as that contract signed, there is a level of expectation of delivery. And so we have a role within our business called a transition manager. And what that person does is takes the kind of the raid log and where we left off from implementation and kind of, you know, we like to use the saying, you know, we'll sew that up once we go live. We'll get to that once we're live and we're in a live environment and really feeling it. And that transition manager's job is to sew up all those bits, make sure there's a nice little bow on top. It feels good. It looks good. And it's robust for BAU. And that is the really important piece. And also acting as an advisor to the individuals that have purchased the service. Like generally speaking, procurement, wash their hands of it. They're like, contract is signed. I'm happy. Numbers look good. TA leader or HR leader. Now it's down to you to manage that relationship. And some of these individuals are very overwhelmed. And it is. There's a lot of pressure on them to make sure the business are getting the right messaging they're leading in terms of setting the expectation with the rpo so a question i always like to ask our supply manager is is there anything i can do any parts of this rollout that you're not quite sure that you need me to go away and find a resource within our business to help support you with that and the amount of times that people come to me and be like sarah thank you so much i didn't want to ask because i thought is this my job (laughs) no no one can be perfect at everything so if you need someone that understands integrations and data cleanliness and all those good pieces let me know we have people internally that we can lean on and support and bring in as a consultant to help take you over that finish line but also make sure things settle in properly and help give you the guidance to go and have internal conversations with the right people without you getting sucked into the day-to-day and also trying to wear the governance hat in tandem because that first eight weeks post-implementation is critical to the success of the launch. The other piece I'll just finally say is the data set available. Using data as you're going through those pain points because it's a highly emotional time. (laughs) Reputations are on the line. People are keen to impress on both parties. Also, people are keen to make sure that their expectations are very clear and laid out. So when feedback comes through, determining whether it is white noise versus things that need to be addressed immediately or if it was just something that was maybe not discussed in detail as part of the implementation having that conversation between the two parties and identifying is this a big issue or is this something that we can work through together to fix or is this just growing pains of building out an RPO 
All great points. And I, you know, I was going to ask you while you were talking about the data sets issue, you have a product that you call RS Intelligence, a data analytics product. You know, during those first eight weeks, as you're doing the rollout and getting the team in proper position, and of course, everyone's always hit with a flood of pent-up demand in terms of, of open racks as the new team comes in. How are you using the, the data and intelligence products and how often are you sort of briefing the client about, you know, the progress? So we have daily standups internally and in there that's for us to pinpoint successes, challenges and roadblockers. And really it's then down to that transition manager to go in and discuss with the supplier manager those specific items. I have some clients that like to meet twice a week. I have some clients that like to meet once a week. It really depends on the amount of work that we're trying to get through. Obviously, there's a huge amount of dialogue in between. When it comes to RS intelligence, that's a very good question because obviously we have no data. It's day one. (laughs) There's no activity that we as a provider have actually done so far and that we've contributed to the success or any activity to date because, you know, we're so early on to the program. But using historical data to drive conversations and even just educating the recruiters that are going to be on the ground delivering the service of set the scene for me. (laughs) You know, you want me to go in and meet with business unit A. What has been the story to date? You know, what has the hiring activity looked like? And we're looking at everything from external agency dependencies through to time to hire, through to candidate satisfaction survey data. Like it's a a whole realm. And the great piece about it is when we put all this information into RS Intelligence, it's very user friendly. And we highly encourage our recruiters to take that data and have conversations with the business in those intro meetings to find out what it is they're looking to achieve. You know, what activity has been done to date that's been great and actually where have been some areas that they felt could have been improved and how do they work towards that together and then the final piece is the heat map aspect so everyone's very keen to prove themselves when they go into a new business relationship and the one thing we always encourage our recruiters is is credibility you know they brought resource solutions on because of what we sold and ultimately people is our product and so making sure our recruiters equipped to talk about the sector the skills even the environment that that client sits within that all comes through in our heat maps and given that level of transparency in the initial intakes and intro meetings for our recruiters really makes a difference between a transactor and an advisor all right very good well You know, Sarah, all great points. And obviously, you know, a lot of the folks in our studio audience and certainly reach out to whether it's RS or or another high quality provider, the kinds of firms we rate on the HR Today Baker's Dozen. And really, you know, understand this is not that difficult. The idea is Mm -hmm. for help to actually be help. The implementing an RPO solution, albeit can be, you know, a complicated task, it is eminently doable. And it's only complicated if you make it too hard for yourself, if you're unreasonable, as Sarah said, in expectation or the duration of rollout, but also your provider can help you make it easier and the the ongoing management and governance, it's an important part of establishing the partnership and then actually maintaining it. And I know some of the clients that you've worked with just from your client list that I'm aware of, organizations uh, such as Deutsche Bank and KPMG, those are long-standing partnerships that were in existence for many, many years. So it can be done, folks, and we should learn more about how to do it. And I want to thank Sarah Keedy from Resource Solutions for taking part and giving us the, her insight 
about how to do this, how to use data, how to communicate with clients, how to plan as well. So Sarah, thank you for taking part in the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Well, our pleasure as well. We'll have to have you back. I'm Elliot Clark. I'm the CEO of HRO Today, and we'll look forward to you joining us on another HRO Today educational podcast.